gentlemen, you are both drunk on cosmic wine. Welcome to the show. I'm Dr. Mark Sylvester. And I'm Dr. Richard Schulman. This, this is, is All Psych. And that is inappropriate, but uh, <laughs> we're, we're live on tape. Part two. Okay. Welcome, everybody. Most importantly, the good Dr. Kate Wilson, our special guest for today while talking with Dr. Shulman and Dr. Me about harmony. That's the part. That was your cue, Rich. Totally missed it. Uh, well, you didn't give me the cue. You just said harmony. I, now, if you sing harmony, 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 we can do that. We can do that. Moving on, integral healing and wellness is where it's at and i i think you're a fascinating person we've had lovely conversations and uh uh certainly offer a variety of similar services as our practice here um but i guess what we were hoping to cover today is why has the whole world gone crazy go Ha ha ha. That's a very big question. What are you going to do with the second half hour of the show? <laughs> are we being cloud seeded? Are they dropping um, like anesthetine gas on us? Why, why is it that people have increasingly become so unaware of themselves, their own consciousness, their inner landscape? Uh, we've all seen this in our practices and it's been very interesting watching how the stress of the pandemic has reactivated old traumas and wounds, but it goes much deeper than that. I, I think the story starts way back and- uh, Yeah, but, but Mark, hang on for a second. I already hit record, so I can't do that. No, just hang on. People, you have to in, let our guest introduce herself. Well, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm about to query her. Maybe this whole thing. Would you, would you like to tell us, say hello? <laughs> Kate. Tell us all about yourself. Oh my goodness, all no, about no, myself. Well, well, at least, you know. It's not, a, it's not really about me, um, but thank you very much for having me on. And I've had quite a wonderful, wild uh, journey. I often tell people I feel much like a cat, like I've had multiple lives in the same body, um, which has given me a very broad spectrum viewpoint. Um, I also just whatever moon in Scorpio makes me really profound, deep. Um, so I never stop asking questions. And I think that that's also partially just being human, right? There's this innate curiosity in, in all of um, the creatures of the planet that move. And who, what do we know about plants, right? I mean, there may be that there as well. I've certainly seen some amazing things about mushrooms that I didn't know about, right? And the intelligence that is in each and every living thing on the planet. So I think though, to answer your, your big question there, um, it comes back to harmony. It comes back to the topic actually. And if we can find the way to resonate ourselves, what we'd like to see in the world, you know, Mahatma Gandhi, he said it really well. Um, and I think, you know, people try sometimes to strive for change, but they're like looking for what's dangling in front of them rather than going deep within their own self to find where would the harmonics lie. 
And uh, I just look at life like we are all really expressions of the divine. And every living creature is. I mean, I have amazing interactions with the goats and chickens that live on the property where I live, right? And I don't think chickens are all that smart. <laughs> Yet I have these profound, wonderful interactions with even chickens. It, you know, it blows me away. Well, so we talked about that before the show that, uh, you know, we're connected to our environment and it seems like in the last 60, 80, maybe even 100 years, the explosion and since the industrial revolu revolution and introduction of all these pesticides and, you know, antibiotics and um, uh, plastics and all this thing into our ecosystem will indirectly or in some cases directly have an effect on our harmony with nature um, as if we have some sort of dominion or wisdom over her and in in millions and millions of years of evolution and are we finally reaping what we've sowed pun intended do you think by by over farming and stripping nutrients of soil and glycophosphates and all this stuff that we keep hearing more and more about affecting our health and well-being what's what's the energetic side to it well certainly yes <laughs> um thank you almost even obviously right of course we're poisoning our mother we're poisoning our home um everything we eat is diminished in nourishment and we hardly spend any time outdoors we you know no who's communing with nature on a regular basis everybody's communing with their stupid thing right and <laughs> i mean i'm blown away how many times do i have to beat my horn when the light changes color because people are just staring down at this device and then of course they're paying me to make their neck feel better you know what a vicious circle well, um, if you look at how society rewards self-harm and i found as i was thinking about it, harmony harm wow um, we reward um, overworking. We reward a material uh, sense of what success is. You know, we reward uh, staying away from nature. You know, and it, it's really, it's, it's kind of amazing. Yeah. And that's all about harm rather than harmony. I like that. We're going we're gonna to write that down somewhere. But we're paying a price for it. And I think oh, no that's doubt. becoming evident on a large scale, but like you said, individually, it's insanity. People don't, you know, they, they wanna take a pill for a symptom, but they don't under, want, ever wanna understand why they are the way that they are, how their illness got to this point, what it even is and where does it come from? Those questions seem to never be asked by people, much less patients in, in a lot of my experience, much less their doctors, their their, their healthcare providers that are really just illness maskers. Right. <laughs> so how do we, we're into healing here. Yeah. So I, I really think that we had the power to create all this damage and we have the power to fix it as well. And there's already things that have been developed. I mean, I mentioned mushrooms and those are actually able to clean up all sorts of toxic spills. <clears throat> However, <laughs> You know, then we then we get into the next turn of the cog of the great machine, and it's that greed, I say, that um, that drives a 
consumer society. And, you know, so in one of my nine lives, I had the opportunity to live in a little Andean village in South America. And I was there for the most part of 12 years. Um, took about a year and a half off to travel and see the rest of the world. Um, and have had an opportunity to live on like four different continents through my lifetime. So I have this um, unique perspective having been on the ground in a lot of different places and realizing that not everybody lives like we do. And we're a very small percentage. And I feel like years ago, I heard this statistic. I haven't checked it out. Um, but like it's about 4% of the population that actually has food in the fridge, clothes in the closet and money in the bank. And we, we, the rest of the world doesn't live like this. For the most part, most of the world doesn't live like this. And so all of these, for lack of a better word, these nefarious powers and ideas of this great planetary takeover and cashless society and microchips and everyone. I mean, there are people who actually don't come down out of the mountain, don't come out of the rainforest. They don't come away from their hacienda they don't, you know, they actually deal in, in trade and cash and there's lots of people. And then there's a lot of also very conscious people that want to make a change. And so since they can't overcome the greedy powers that be that keep all this fossil fuel and all these, you know, chemicals in our food and in our water supply and, and in the air we breathe, they just find their own paths. And I think the more of us who do that, we become like, do you know the study of the hundredth monkey? We become like this hundredth monkey. Do you know this story? This, it was actually a study done where they dropped sweet potatoes on a beach for monkeys and then, and then they, they waited and the monkeys were eating them and loving them, but they were getting sand in their mouths. And then one young monkey decided to wash it or tried washing it in the water and, and it was clean. And then a few other monkeys saw and then miles away, like on another island, they dropped sweet potatoes and the monkeys just right away washed them. And so I, I feel like just like the trees are connected through the fungus beneath them in the mycelium, we are also connected through this etheric sea we live in that we don't recognize, much like fish in water and frogs in boiling pots. And I think that because of the inundation of technology and chemicals and the lack of harmonics with our source, um, the lack of recognition of our own divinity and, and the divinity of nature and the sacredness of it all, I think is what creates such a disharmonic. And the more of us who get on harmony, the easier it becomes for those who don't have an ear for it, right? Well, how do you know, how do you get on harmony? How do you know when you're in harmony mm -hmm. with nature? Yeah. What's a good, good indicator? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, Thanks. I asked the quake questions. That's a I, I think that when when you can feel the resonance within yourself and a zest and excitement for life, um, a fulfillment, whether you're gardening your own flowers and vegetables or you're running a huge corporation, if you've got a zest and you've got a excitement, if you jump out of bed in the morning ready to go, you're 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 doing it, you know? And if you're under 20 <laughs> um, or under 30 even, you might have a little leeway, leeway there with the energy and you can be still kind of caught in the cog and feel like that. Um, so don't get me wrong. It has to be consistent no matter where you go. And even in 
darker hours, um, you'll recognize that everything's going to be okay. Like even, you know, just look at the lilies of the field. Do you think that um, technology is, is going to go away or, <laughs> I mean, I feel like it's here to stay and we're going to have to be the masters of it rather than the reverse um, where it rules us. Cause it seems like we're in a war with it somehow, but I don't see it going away. I don't think we're going to be Luddites and go into the, into a, the forest. You know, well, the, and look uh, what it makes possible, right? I mean, we wouldn't have this conversation perhaps otherwise. Right. Um, damn technology. So no, no, I, don't and, feel and, damn, I don't feel damn technology. I mean, yeah, I have a I program on my computer and I can record songs that, that I've written. And when I was a young person, you need a music studio and 500,000 of 1970 dollars. <laughs> go in and it, it comes with the computer you know right um, and that's a beautiful thing but there's other stuff I was walking and I was I was you know when I walk I just talk my thoughts and it there are algorithms and I wanted to say chi and it recorded cheese and I remember at that moment I said wow <laughs> are we going to be living by these algorithms mm -hmm. that, you know uh, and what even is more scary to me is not just AI, but AE, they'll come up with emotion chips, algorithms about emotion. And that to me is even scarier. So I guess the question is, do people really have to be in pain before they can get this idea? Oh, that's a really good question too. Um, I hope not, but I can't speak from my own experience to say that they don't. Um, I certainly had, as I said, a very winding road of my own. And that's why I said, if you're under 30, you may have that. I was so ambitious, you know, um, and we probably all were. <laughs> you don't really get where we are without it, right? Um, so I haven't always felt or thought this way. And I, and I had to suffer on a physical level and an emotional level and a, and a very profound philosophical level, um, really ask difficult questions of you know like what what's it all about <laughs> what are we doing here you know and and why so you kind of gave me two two things in there with um do people have to hurt I don't think they have to but it seems like especially in our kind of western culture because again you know living in other places it's funny how people with no money are happy. It's That's interesting true. how people with really deep, strong family ties and other social activities and who do spend time in nature live well into you know 110 <laughs> um, without any pain or problems to speak of, maybe towards the very last bit of their lives. Um, but oftentimes it's from something happening, an accident or something. Um, so, but what you said before about the monkeys is really intriguing because we could teach that we could teach that to ourselves first and then we could teach it to our our children or our families and you know maybe for me to answer my question from before you know like what about the expression we're in the flow or in the groove there's almost like when you're in harmony with nature things seem to just happen automatically your own energy well seems to be like a fountain of youth it seems to be you know you never get tired or overwhelmed 
things just kind of cruise, you resonate and you're vibing. I don't really know what the millennials are calling it nowadays. Um, but that might be an indicator when, when time stretches out, when you lose track of time, when your, your thoughts are more aligned and you're not distracted by technology or responsibilities or obligations. And, um, you know, that's something we don't prioritize in America, at least. We're all about work and productivity and all of that good stuff. Do you think Americans are like the worst at doing this? Are we one of the worst cultures in terms of being completely out of touch with ourselves, with nature, with the harmony of life and, and its interconnectedness? No, I, I think we can't lump us all into one pot. I think we have a lot. I mean, I, I see tons of nature enthusiasts. Um, but I do think that, yeah, there's this go, go, go idea, you know, and there's a saying like people spend their health to build wealth. I think that's a big driver. People want to keep up with the Joneses, you know? So I just only repatriated a year ago. So I, I laughed when all the smartphones came and um, all of this kind of boom happened. There was a first a recession, of course, and then this big boom. And I think people have always been a little bit more in the United States preoccupied with success and are a little bit more um, workaholics, but that, that brings us back again to harmony because it's a compensation when, we, when we, we're just avoiding, denying, escaping, hiding, concealing through work. Okay, so we're not drinking a fifth of vodka every day, but we're working 20 hours a day. Well, that doesn't make any sense, right? And, and it's another form of self-abuse, which really comes from feeling abandoned, deserted, um, not knowing which way's up, right? Just really muddled, mixed up a sense well, of people, you know, right? Sense of you know, ourselves. We, if you're thinking harmony, we're vibrational beings. Okay, so let's start with the string. I, this is something, this is one of my big feelings is that every cell has a string in it. On the string is DNA mm -hmm. and trauma will, will put it out of tune and you know, for me, music is such a big deal. It's what I do instead of drugs and alcohol because um, my body won't tolerate it, which is <laughs> actually a blessing. Um, everything is vibrational. When I'm playing with the band and we're in the groove, there's no time, there's no space. Right. And I right. can feel what everybody's doing in the band and it's really a spectacular experience. Everything I remember, sorry, go ahead. go ahead. Everything's vibrational. Yeah, and I wonder if if it, what it boils down to, with what uh, Mark was saying, are we following what is in harmony with our souls? I mean, for me, when I'm doing what my soul wants, I'm I'm actually much more successful than when I fight it. Yes, which I remember Deepak Chopra reading one of his books years ago, and he calls that like when we lose that track of time or space, we're really doing our dharma our life's purpose, our soul's purpose. So exactly what you're saying. And I think being in the groove or the flow and when things just start flowing and happening for us, um, synchronicity is the term that I, I would use. It's like, and, and these spontaneous synchronicities that occur, it's, it's quite magical when it happens to you. Um, and when we, when we are able to maintain that flow, we can actually experience those synchronicities on a regular basis. I think what's so important and what all humans lack, I mean, 
all over the world, people lack the ability to recognize those synchronicities. And they really have a good handle on complaining. <laughs> but they have lost the ability to be grateful and to, to stand in awe and wonderment, right? Just to really like, wow, that just happened. <laughs> That's amazing. Or look at that beautiful flower or that amazing bird or just this person in front of me who's just another reflection of me, right? We've, we've lost all of this juiciness of living and it's become so superficial and about consumables that there it's very difficult i think to get in the groove or have synchronicity happen when when we're maintaining a life of what's important is getting the next iphone 900 well, it's very isolating right yeah. i mean yeah. self-seeking is very isolating the pandemic and rich and i have talked about this was the you know social distancing was immediately psychologic distancing and then the fear of everyone else i think that we've lost our way in terms of the overall emotional tone of our lives so maybe 500 years ago the excitement for your day might have been like one or two things that took several hours to happen. And so the emotions and the attention and your sense of presence had had more patience. It had more time. It, it could resonate better. You know, we, what I thought you were about to say is, you know, playing a C chord on a piano next to another piano is going to cause it to vibrate as well. Um, that's true unless you play it really quickly or really quietly. And so it's like we don't have enough time to saturate ourselves and we become more and more short-sighted because we're, crapping, we're, we're, we're cramming more crap into our days and more distractions and more responsibilities and obligations. Then you add to it all of the uh, biochemical insults since the Industrial Revolution I mean, maybe the answer is more simple in that if people schedule time for themselves, if they force themselves to connect with someone else, to just be aware and pay attention of that timeless connection and, the, and, and being in the flow and what that resonance feels like, then it, they'd hunger for it. They'd want more of it. They'd realize this is the, their true path. And more importantly, the path that we're on is a first class ticket to nowhere. Yeah, I, I think so. I think that you're right on all accounts there. Um, <laughs> and I want to come back to the other question about technology and, and how are we going to handle it. So interestingly enough, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Andean prophecy of the eagle and the condor, um, but it speaks about that there would be this time in, in the world, which we've been in um, since about 1492 where the world would be dominated by really just masculine head, mind, and energy. Um, and somewhere around 500 years later, we would have the opportunity, if you will, a window where the eagle represented by the mind, representing the mind, and the condor representing the heart, the spirit, the more feminine side could have a choice, will have a choice. And the choice is to either join head and heart and fly and thrive, or one will destroy the other. And is there is no right middle road. I, yes, it's clearly happening right now. It feels like it. And it's been happening for the last about 30-ish 
years, I think, 30, yeah, roughly. There are um, so, many, so many markers, so many mm -hmm. legends that point to this. And in, I really like uh, Rudolf Steiner. I don't know if you mm -hmm. reading, I suspect you have. He actually predicted a, a war starting around 2016. He predicted it 100 years before, about 1916. That would be a 30-year war, uh, which would be for the soul of humanity versus artificial intelligence. And I was thinking about something you said about synchronicity that I didn't want to drop. Synchronicity, understanding of synchronicity is the synchronicity is a revealing of an unconscious connection. Mm -hmm. Like, like uh, if, you, if you look at astrology, for example, and I love astrology, I was trained by a really great astrologer and um, the stars don't make you do anything. It's a synchronicity that reveals something about your soul's journey, your unconscious path. You can choose to ignore it or you can take the information and do something with it. And in order to experience those synchronicities, a lot of times I think it's like listening for a whisper in a thunderstorm. You have to be attuned in a certain way. And we don't do any, we don't do any of that. Right. And I think that for the kids, you know, this is really important because um, they're not necessarily going out in nature, but they could learn how to meditate. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and people who are, and I hate to this term, people who are woke, because it, it, it's, it's been sort of stolen in so many terrible ways. I, would li I like aware better. <laughs> if you're aware of this, you do something about it. Um, you know, half of, of my practice is addiction. Hmm. Approximately half. I know uh, Dr. Sylvester does a lot with it. Addiction is a response to suffering. It's a vibrational, it's a vibra it's a, it's an attempt to manage the vibrations. That's, yeah, that's exactly what, what I, I think and feel over years of treating it is it's, you know, in AA or NA or OA or CA or pretty much anything with an A, they would just say that you, the using is an unconscious attempt to literally change the way that you think or feel. So it's, at, it's almost as if they recognize on some level that there is discord, there is disharmony, there is trauma, and they're seeking to do anything to change that feeling, change that vibration, change that energy. I, I, often tell, I often tell people, you know, you need to ground, go lie down on the earth. Mm -hmm. If you don't have a bad, I said, take a blanket. If you have anxiety, take a blanket, go in the back, just lie down. And if you don't have a backyard, go to the garden store and get some potting soil and pots and plants because the earth will absorb those vibrations if we allow it to. That's totally right. And you can even get copper sheets if you can't get out to the ground and ground yourself through. And it's not a bad idea to do even if you're not um, off center because there's so much coming at us, you know? So just to keep yourself really connected because- Well, I wanna go back to that because in addition to how did we get here and let's think our way out of it or feel our way out of it, aren't we working against the toxic environment we've created? Aren't these kids not getting it because their little pineal glands are calcified or they're full of plastics or uh, pesticides or glycophosphates or 
you know, like Zach Bush talks with the with the over farming and stripping the natural immune systems from the plants. How how long until that completely catches up with us and Mother Nature just flushes us down the toilet and reboots a new species? I think it's already catching up. I mean, what is the the statistic now? Is it like one in every two children have horrific adult onset diseases now? Right? I mean. Yeah, it's already happening. How many of them are actually going to reproduce? And then with all of the vaccine injury, all of the other factors that are playing a role, all the genetic modifications that are going on, it's, I think it's happening right now. And I, I think it goes, you know, here we are circling back around through this, but it's really cogs in a, in a machine. And this one touches the next because there is, we're in this war. I think we are actually in this war between the soul of humanity and AI, because that is really what's going on. I mean, I, I was just listening to, um, I can't say her last name, but there's a medical doctor who's speaking out about this right now. Dr. Made, I think it's M-A-D. Yeah, yeah, Carrie Ma Made, something like that, yeah. Yeah, and, and she's talking about meetings she was in where they're actually you know, conversing about how do we get human 2.0 going? And there's a lot of people who are ready to sign up for that. I know I, I remember years ago, like 20 years ago, a, a woman telling me if she could just get her cell phone implanted in her tooth, that would make her day so much easier, you know, maybe 15 years ago. I, I, I was shocked, appalled. Like, why would you want to do that? I, it's an intrusion into my world, really, but, right? But that's because maybe you're more aware. I mean, how is that any different than a little kid not knowing that eating candy every time they walk by the checkout aisle at the grocery store isn't a good idea for long-term health, wellness, and longevity? I mean, aren't we just spiritually or, or, or interconnectedly so disconnected that we're just sort of like a five-year-old movie who wanders in, or a five-year-old kid that wanders in the middle of a movie. I mean, that really seems like a good idea at the time. Yeah, if I could implant this in my tooth, boy, it'd be, make things a whole lot more convenient. It yeah, makes perfect I, sense to her. Yeah, but right. Martha, I think that it, it, it goes against our natural way. If we, if we give the kids a smorgasbord of food, you just put it out, they'll actually eat healthy. They may eat carrots for four days in a row, but over time, they'll balance it out. The problem is the additional sugar, salt, fat is becomes an addiction. Right, well, and that's on purpose, right? There's food scientists who work that oh, all out and even create like it's sensational taste so that the natural sugars and fats and salts don't actually taste good anymore. Um, and I can see that clearly. I mean, my daughter was born in Ecuador and raised really on very whole local food. Um, and we come here and she lost some of her tastes, right? Like mm. it's not the same sweet anymore to eat a raspberry like it once was. And we've gotten, we, we nipped it in the bud and we got back on track, right? And now she's doing much better, but it's shocking how quickly Yep. We could see and that the, the turn. The difference. I remember when my son came to live with me, and that's a whole long story for my psychotherapy. Um, uh, he actually said, how come the broccoli tastes better at your house than at mom's? Well, I was going down to the farmer's market and getting it right from the farmer, and he'd tell me what they pulled out of the ground three days ago. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I said, well, your mother, God bless her, she buys it at Publix. Right. Not there's anything wrong with Publix, but it's been sitting there. There's no life in it. 
he tasted the difference immediately. Yeah, amazing. Well, I'm reminded my mom was quite ill when I was young and, you know, doctors had kind of given up on her and, you know, said good luck. And one of the many lifestyle changes she made, in addition to thinking more about energetics and food and, and, and connecting more to, to the source and the harmony of nature, was adopting a macrobiotic diet. And I kind of, I mean, I wasn't total trash, but I'm a child of the, of, of, of the America and so I grew up with eating McDonald's and Subway and pizzas and crap like that. Well, all of a sudden she got all into this macrobiotic health kick and there was nothing but macrobiotic food in the fridge. And I'm of course too helpless to fend for myself. And I would go back and forth between regular food and macrobiotic food. And what I found is it takes about six weeks to undo your bad taste buds. So if you, it, it, that's pretty quick if you think about it. If you actually, if you make healthy choices, you eat organic food, you realize you are what you eat, six weeks is a very short amount of time to actually see a, a, a serious change in your taste buds. Forget your health, your blood sugar and all this other crap. I noticed I'd go back and eat a French fry because I'm like, I'm getting, I'm eating too much of this healthy stuff. I got to live. I would eat a French fry and it would absolutely taste nothing like I remember a French fry taking, tasting. It would coat my whole mouth with like a wax and the salt was just like, how do humans eat this? But then if I went, like you said, you, your taste buds reverse to crap very quickly, yeah. they would taste bland. And, and then of course, macrobiotic food would be complete cardboard. So if, if people can make it over that initial hump or just wake up and be aware of the energy and the and the uh, the power of food to change the way they think and feel. Maybe our brains wouldn't be so polluted that we might finally wake up, play the tape through, and go. Maybe it's not a great idea to implant a cell phone in my tooth. Yeah, but take it the next level. We're not absorbing the nutrients, even if we're eating good food. I mean, I think leaky gut is a real thing, and it's because that you mentioned Zach Bush, who I admire tremendously, um, talking about you know what happens when you put the glyphosate am i pronouncing it correctly yeah glycophosphate you know, you know that it's water soluble so what happens is it evaporates in the air and then it rains on us mm -hmm. it rains everywhere so so we're getting it and it's attacking our gut lining so we may be eating really well i this is my personal experience when i started addressing the leaky gut guess what i lost weight i my appetite was reduced my chronic pain that i had for many years was diminished tremendously and I felt better. What a shock, you know? Because mm -hmm. um, I was not, I was eating really well, but not absorbing. But your thinking was probably clearer too. Your brain oh, yeah. was well, sharper. How can be clearer, Mark? I mean, come on. And so if we're um, all in, if we're all in this drugged out fog from no industrialization. Thinking became, became clearer. Dealing with stress became so much better. Uh, I found that I was on stage and the, and the, my other singer's microphone went out. Instead of like starting to go like that, I just took my microphone and I said, here, use, use that, use that. This is right in the middle of a song. And it occurred to me, wow, I would have been really rattled before, you know, and, and I just, we got, we got a big battle going on, don't we, Kate? We do, and we can also fix that leaky. I mean, look, you fixed your leaky gut, and it's through the dietary commitment, really, to changing. 
Um, you guys must know Dr. Kelly Brogan, right? Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, she, that's her big passion, right, is getting that gut health well. Um, and I'm, I'm thinking of another physician who I can't pronounce her name. She's from India. Um, but she, she wrote a book called The Prime. And she speaks about how much of the neuropeptides are actually created in the gut. So this leaky okay. gut, leaky brain, <laughs> you know, yeah, people are in a fog. They're on a, what is the average number of drugs people have in their medicine cabinet now? All of them. Right? And like what used to be when I was a kid, prescription only is now completely over the counter and people can mix and make up cocktails that can be quite dangerous actually from these all these over-the-counter drugs and they just want that fast answer as as was mentioned in the very beginning so yeah it, it is an uphill battle and I think having conversations like we're doing and having people who are curious because the curiosity is still there. It's underneath of all the goo and the grime and the chemicals. Yes, absolutely and, it and is. searching for answers because the chemicals aren't helping them. I mean, in my practice, I see a lot of really challenging people who've seen everybody. And I think that's how we got connected by yep. one of those kinds of people. Yep. And, and that's my typical, maybe that's extreme, but I have a lot of people on that level, right? So these people have, they're fed up. They've tried all that stuff. Yeah. And the more people who, who discover that there's another path, well, they'll tell their sister and their friend because what, I don't know what statistic, oh, it was myofascial pain. I'm listening to another doctor talking about myofascial pain. Well, for every person in chronic pain, they know six more people. And as they start to come out of that, they're going to share it because, you know, like they want other people to feel better too because there's no fun hanging out with miserable people. Well, and maybe that's how, how we all got here. And, and kind of to your point before, Rich, do we have to suffer to, to wake, awake? Uh, maybe to change the tide on this war, as we're thinking of it, maybe that it requires suffering first. And those initial people who wake up will then pave the way um, for, for awareness. And then, then you can talk about actually living with technology under our control and not vice versa. I did look up the prime. It's Dr. Kulri Chowdhury. Um, did a who, good job with her name. Yeah. Well, that's actually kind of an easier one. There's plenty of, <laughs> plenty of names I can't pronounce, but um, really, really fascinating. I, I think I learned that as, as a small child, at least through the macrobiotic eating uh, but like you said, when you're young, you can take a lot more assault. You can take a lot more abuse. You know, you get college kids going out and drinking and then getting up to go to work at six in the morning. And, you know, it, that, that I don't think aging is normal. I think the way that we understand and conceptualize aging isn't aging at all. It's just an accumulation of toxins. It's an accumulation of of traumas, it's an accumulation of things that attenuate our, our connectedness and our vibration and, and, and uh, energy that we ultimately say, oh, they died of old age. And it's like, well, did they really? Yeah, but you know, when I was, uh, when I was back in the old days, back in the day before they changed everything, nobody was gluten intolerant. I mean, nobody talked like that. That was crazy. This what about crazy. acid rain? Did that yeah, go away? It's, it's ridiculous. You're not 
gluten intolerant, you're you're chemically intolerant because all the all the wheat is all messed up with the, with the uh, you know the glyphosate that's in the genetic code. This is and and how they harvest it now, which is so different. Oh no, I'm gluten intolerant. It's it's not that. What the hell does that mean? I I don't get that piece. You know. Well, and maybe it's just become a marketing thing too, because I've noticed on certain products they really pride themselves on saying no oh, GMO free, gluten free, and 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 whatever. It's just uh, America. This part is America. When I was in Europe, I think so too. When I was in Europe, I didn't get. The, I could eat the bread. I didn't get bloated. You know, I mean, it's it's we're silly over here. Well, and Europeans think it's funny that all the bread that we have is white bread because white bread's almost impossible to find, and and the and the process, the amount of processing in our food. And just the general crap that is iconic for American foods, you know, McDonald's, you know, burgers. It's uh, it's kind of concerning. I I personally think we're lo- losing the war and we're all going to die, but uh, I try to remain hopeful. Well, that's why you invited Kate on the show, right? Yeah, save me, Kate, please. You call me hopeful. <laughs> Can I call you Harmony? <laughs> well. Yeah, I can try okay, to Okay, wait a minute. We spent some time complaining. I'm going to ask you, Kate, what do we need to do now? Yeah, well, so I think we've touched on it a bit, right? We really all have to take responsibility for our own individual selves. Um, we have to be really open to and ready for meeting people where they are. Um, you guys, I'm assuming recovering or recovered addicts, right? You're not working with active addicts. Um, no, I work with all of them. Okay, all right. Sometimes, okay. you know, you, you deal with what's in front of you. Right, okay, okay. I, I um, tend to see more of the so Then you're going to get what I'm going to say really well, because I think that people need something to blame. So if I'm gluten intolerant, and that explains why I feel tired, and I feel like crap, and I get cranky, and I yell at my husband, and well, I've got an excuse, because I'm gluten intolerant, Right. Um, and so it becomes a crutch that people can lean on and rather than take responsibility for their, their own health, it's easy to blame. Now, then they go and they seek out gluten-free and too much of other things can irritate the gut as well, especially things that we haven't gotten here on. I mean, like none of us would be here if it wasn't for wheat. So I'm with you. on this idea of where did this come from? This whole, you're chemically intolerant. I, would, I, would, I think that's brilliant. Um, and it's also a great thing to just latch on to so that I have an excuse for my moods and my fatigue and my muscle soreness and I don't actually have to take responsibility for getting myself 100% well. In my, I, I had the unique opportunity to take like seven years off mid-career and um, spend a lot of time in nature. I got to watch spiders spin their webs and honeybees fill up their little jackets with pollen. So pretty fascinating um, connections that I was able to make. And um, coming back to work after that experience and suffering with my own really um, deep philosophical emotional traumas and recovering from that, it changed my perspective. And what I really see clearly and I am a body worker, I'm a manual osteopath, so I'm touching all the time. And 
what I see very clearly is that the spirit speaks through the body. And because we have lost harmony with spirit, nature, the source of it all, we have dis-ease. And so really, as we get sicker, it's a, it's a louder, harder, deeper cry out. You know, it's like a shout out for healing. Um, and I see a lot, I feel hopeful. I feel really, really hopeful because oh, from, from 20 years ago, when I, 22, whatever, however many years ago that I started my career and I was completely disillusioned, like <laughs> what happened here? I thought I was gonna be able to help people. And what I'm doing is I'm working in a mill and I had more fun tending bar and saw as many people an hour as I'm doing now as a professional and licensed a body body worker helping people I, I can't work like this I can't you know do this and I actually left the field completely for about a year and then someone drew me back in because it's also my dharma um anyhow the point really being that we are so duped by our upbringing by our society by our schooling by the destruction of the family by the the altering of history by the lack of time in nature, by the push to consume. So here we come back in and this is how that cog keeps turning and keeps us distracted. And yeah, you know, I think honestly, it would be great if every single person on the planet could have six months off to just be and have someone else helping them, taking care of them, but be aware of it. We all got that. We all got years of it or most of us did, right? But we don't remember it and we didn't know it and we weren't grateful for it. And it, we didn't have any like sense of reflecting or even powers of language. We were just being, but we've forgotten all about that as we grew up. So if we could all literally just be for a bit of time, but that isn't realistic. So what can we actually do in our current society? I think Mark, you touched on it is taking a little time. And I mean, it could be three or four minutes of just quiet, just no, no show on the television, no song on the iPod or whatever people are listening to now, nothing, just quiet and see what happens. Just let go of the constant, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, and just be still. I think that, that would change, that would change the world. I mean, it would, it, we talk about raising sort of your vibration or getting in, in sync with your environment, your surroundings, your purpose, your dharma. Even in like taking three minutes before raising your vibration is sort of the, the concept when you find yourself in a hole, set down the shovel, maybe stop feeding the things that attenuate your vibration, that attenuate your energy, that you know, that are literally sucking the life out of you and replacing it with dis-ease and illness and more advanced illnesses and increase of illnesses, uh, you know, these rates of autism and cancers and things that have been really shooting up. And we talk about it, we give it lip service, but we think of it more as a public health issue. And I liked what you said about Gandhi, you know, if you want to ch see change, change yourself, see the change within yourself. So hopefully we can sell this to our viewers and, and have them discover how to increase their own energy or at least when to shut down the, the shovel, set down the shovel and, and stop the things that are really attenuating 
our energy. And, you know, if you had five, you know, you mentioned taking five months off. I'm thinking, geez, if I gave my kids five months off, they'd be watching this for five months straight. So, you know, maybe taking yourself out of your environment. We talked about cross-cultural experiences and uh, I always am interested what other cultures think of ours and the things mm-hmm. that are very peculiar to them, like the white bread thing is very interesting. It's very fascinating and it helps explain, you know, why we have the highest rate of diabetes in the world and, and, and obesity and all this other stuff. Well, at risk of, of uh, creating a second hour for this, and uh, it would be great for you to be back because there's so much of this to talk about. Um, I'm a trauma expert and, and I deal with trauma every day. Now, the problem is that trauma is encoded differently than other kinds of memory. We're going to do a show on trauma next week, so everybody tune in. Um, I'll be there. But, but you see, uh, we, we inter- I don't know if you know Nickel Backrack. He does a brain trainer. He's a brain trainer. He's a brilliant guy. Um, and Friend he of the show. Said, he once said to me, you know, Rich, you're a, you're a neurosurgeon for a... a I said, what are you talking about? He goes, well, you have to separate the trauma from the spiritual experience that's encoded right next to it. So what, what, I, what I'm finding is if people have been through heavy duty trauma, when they take that moment to be still, guess what's smiling at them? Hi, I'm your trauma, remember me? And, and they, if they haven't dealt with it, that's what they're gonna get. So acknowledging that we are a society right now that's that's based on trauma our society is incredibly filled with trauma and especially for the last uh whatever 15 months or you know since they stopped playing basketball and hockey and of course now it's back we've been hypnotized every i studied hypnosis repetition (laughs) confusion and frustration. That's how you hypnotize somebody. Think about what's been going on here. What are we being programmed with? What's the encoding? Trauma, 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 trauma. For healthy people like you and Mark, I'm not gonna include myself in that, but you know, you stop and be still and it's gonna be fantastic. For a lot of people, they're gonna have to deal with their stuff, which is why they don't do it. Keeps them busy. Well, and why it's so easy to be distracted, right? Why, that, that explains so much of why some people don't even ask why, don't even ask what it's all about because it's all about trauma for them. Makes a lot of sense um, what you say there. And so then we have to meet them where they are, right? If they're, if they're coming and give them ways, opportunities to really enable that trauma um an exit a place out or at least um to be able to take the charge off of it to take all of those emotions that replay over and over again because of the memory of the trauma because those neural nets are are extremely strong and it's it's beyond conscious control one has to be able to recognize it, right? And then you can just like addiction, one has to recognize it's even there before um, it could be addressed. And it, that makes a lot of sense why people don't wanna be still. You'd be amazed how many psychotherapists do not acknowledge the unconscious. Mm. We, you know, we, there was a study done uh, several long time ago 
they, they use uh, compliance with the medical regimen, which was flossing your teeth. So they gave people two instructions. One was every reason you should floss your teeth. The other one was one sentence, just floss the teeth you wish to keep. Three times the compliance on the, on the floss the teeth you wish to keep. Why? Because it, uh, it hit unconsciously, hit people where they are. Psychotherapists in general have been brought into this cognitive behavioral model, which does not acknowledge unconscious patterns. I'm dealing with unconscious patterns every day. And I'm thinking of a guy I treated who was uh, uh, in Afghanistan and had been one of these roadside bombing things. And we, we dealt with the whole thing with a body therapist. He didn't get a dot better till we went back to his childhood because the pattern was already installed at age five. Okay, you don't do that. People are not gonna change. And I think that we, once again, we go back to this mechanistic thing Look, uh, when did cut it out ever work? <laughs> when did calm down ever work? We're in a culture that says, no, you should just cut that out. It's insanity. Well, you're on the hot seat next week. I, it's going to oh, be more like an yeah, interview. What are you talking about? It's going to be an interview of you, and I'm going to ask you all kinds of questions about trauma and all that. So tune in for that. But uh, if you want to learn more, please visit Dr. Kate Wilson and integralhealthandwellness.com and take advantage of her healing modalities. It is quite varied, all the skills that you have. And uh, I clearly feel like we're in the flow here, that we're in harmony, we're all in agreement. So I expect the world to change as soon as uh, uh, the viewers hit the like and subscribe button. Um, we'll also put a link to your website down below in the comment section. Great. Thank you. So thank you so much for joining us. I hope we can have you back for part two. Yes, absolutely. That would be and wonderful. I would love it. So much fun talking with you. You're thank now you. a friend of the show. So uh, okay. let's, let's write that down. All right. We'll have our people write that down. So until next week, remember, be well. Be well. Awesome. Be well. <laughs>